0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. So what I want to talk tonight about, preach about, is honor. And this is like a huge, huge topic that not in a judgmental or critical way at all, your generation and mine even, it's like trickly it's that millennial, generation and the post-millennial generation has a real hard time with this concept of honor. And I think certainly culturally what we're seeing across the board in our nation is a real culture of dishonor. It's like, nope, if I don't agree, I'm not honoring and I will not give anybody credit unless they have earned it and deserved it. And one thing I would have to say to you about honor is honor is absolutely never earned. Okay? Okay. You don't honor anyone because they deserved it or, or earned it somehow and created it. So if you have this attitude that's like, look, I'm not going to honor the police because they've done this, and I think they're crooked, and they're this and that. Guess what? You're dishonoring, and you're also disobeying God. If you're like, I'm not going to honor my parents because they're screwed up, and they fight all the time, and they, you know, they abused me, they this and that. I'm, the Bible clearly has, like, have you ever heard the verse? Honor your father and mother. It's a command of Scripture. So what do you do with that if you're going to go like, well, they didn't earn it. Sorry. No, it's a command of Scripture. Honor is not earned. Listen to me, though. Trust is earned. Honor is not an earned reality. Honor is expected. In a culture, in a kingdom where God is who he is, honor is an expected value it is not something that you do in response to someone. It is what you do and how you live your life. Okay? Every single day you have, I can't even, I don't know how many opportunities you have to honor. Because I think absolutely every human being on earth is worthy of honor. How do I know this? Because Jesus modeled it. Okay? Let's think through the people that Jesus came in contact with. Tell me, someone Jesus honored. Peter. Peter was a really great guy. Established the church. Carried the presence and spirit of God so powerfully that people, right? We heard about this. People would lay the crippled and the and the like, the sick and uh, lepers and in the, along the streets. And if his shadow crossed over them, they'd get healed. Peter's an amazing dude. But guess what? That's not when Jesus honored Peter. Jesus honored Peter in the midst of denying him. Peter's the guy who was like, no, I don't even know that guy. I have, no, I have nothing to do with him. Three times, Jesus told him it was going to happen, and he still did it. You just go like, are you an idiot, Peter? Like, he just told you you were going to do it, and then you went and did it. Like, you could have thought, the first person that said, hey, do you know that Jesus? You'd be like, yes, I do know him. You know, like, no. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, Christ. And then he did it two more times. Like, idiot. Anyway, but Jesus honored him, right? Who else did Jesus honor? Oh, how about that? The guys who put him on the cross. What were Jesus' words from the cross over those before he died? Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. Like, this wasn't Jesus like, strike them with lightning. Do you hear me? How about the woman caught in adultery? She certainly did not deserve honor from the Son of God. She was doing that thing. And in that culture, literally, it was was messed up. It was not a biblical culture, I want to tell you that. Women were incredibly mistreated in the early, like in the New Testament. This wasn't how God created it even in the Old Testament. This was all created during the four or 500 years after the Old Testament into the New Testament was this whole religion called Judaism that stirred, that came up. It wasn't even the original Israel. It was this religion that the, that the, that the Jewish descendants created that was very, dim, like, diminishing of women, pushed them down and made this whole culture. So in Jesus' day, as he's walking, he's living in that realm where women were highly dishonored. And Jesus walked in on the scene, and this woman has been drugged out in the street because she was caught in adultery. It doesn't say anything about the man. I, you know. That's how crazy this culture was, is the man was let go, and the woman was dragged out in the street and stoned to death with big rocks by the men of the city. That was culture then, not Jesus's culture, not God's culture. That was the culture in the time that Jesus lived. So this happens one day, right? Jesus comes out, and these guys are like, hey, teacher, look, we found this woman in adultery. What do you say we do with her? According to the law, and that was all the law that they had created and man-made rules and regulations and legalisms, and Jesus says, huh. And he steps back and he writes something in the dirt. He, like, leans down, writes something in the dirt, and then stands up and goes, any of you who has not sinned, go ahead and throw the first rock. Earthshake. Like, really? That's from Land Before Time. Earthshake. Anyway, it's an shake. How many of you know the original Land Before Time? Come on. Anyway, radical thing happens here. And all of a sudden, one by one, boom, 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 the rocks hit the ground, and these guys walk away and disappear. And this woman's coward, you can imagine coward in the street, hiding herself, ashamed. And Jesus, you know, walks up, taps her, hey, where are your accusers? <laughs> like, this woman was just caught in adultery, like, she knows that this is the end of her life, this is terrible. Taps her, where are your accusers? She goes, well, only you. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Now go, sin no more. He didn't tear her apart. Yes, she sinned, but that wasn't the main deal with Jesus. He wasn't there to call out the awful. He was there to call her to a place of honor. He was there to to raise her up above her circumstance and her behavior and say, no, that's not who you are. Go. Walk in freedom. Do you understand? Like that was a man talking to a woman, got in adultery, and he honored How about that Judas guy that sold Jesus out for 20 pieces of silver? A couple hours before that, what did Jesus do to Judas and all the other disciples? What? Yeah. He got down on his knees, put a towel around his waist, and in those days, like some of y'all got funky feet now. Nothing like back then. Okay? I know. Funky feet. Seriously. Back then, it was like dirt roads, sandals. If you've ever worn sandals in Arizona for a day or Creation Fest, that's, what I'm, that's why they washed their feet. You know, like Jesus got down and sat there with Judas's feet on his lap and scrubbed every inch of dirt off those feet. And Jesus knew Judas was on his way to betray him, and he honored him. Do you see, like this is, honor can't be earned. It is, a, it is a, like a, an ex- expectation of the kingdom of God. And it's, Jesus lived in honor unto authority. He said himself, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only, like Jesus was the son of God. He could have been like, check me out, y'all. But he said, no, no, I am a 100% completely, fully submitted to the father. And I will not speak what he doesn't speak. And I will not do what he doesn't do. That's like, whoa, honor to authority. How about on a, on a human term? Yes, Jesus to God, of course he can honor. That's like God's worthy of honor. Yes, he is. How about Daniel? You know him from the Old Testament? Served under three, I think three, absolute pagan kings that killed his people, slaughtered his family, without a doubt, raped his mom before they slit her throat when they took over their city and their town, drug all the little teenage boys off to Babylon and said, we're going to strip you of your culture, we're going to make you like us, and you're going to learn our cultures and our ways, and you will forget that you were ever a Jew. Daniel's in this kingdom. And we watch him for 80 years serve under pagan kings with high honor in his heart that said, Unto you, O king, because he gets dreams that the king has, right? He gets like the king has these dreams and comes and they find out that Daniel can interpret dreams and Daniel comes forward and this whole dream is about a famine and the destruction of this king's kingdom. And you can imagine if you got that dream, you know, if you were really against your, like, let's say your teacher that you really hate and and they had a dream one day, and you had the gift of interpreting dreams, and they had this dream, like, I felt like I just, like, got fired from my job, and I was homeless on the street. Like, you might be like, hey, I know what that dream's about. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get it. But this is the dream that this, this king had, and the king tells this dream to Daniel of all this thing that when it was, it was a total prophetic dream from God to a pagan king. Look, God can speak to anyone. Just want you to recognize this, Okay. To a pagan king, and Daniel's first response was not, oh, you're getting what's coming to you, you jerk that killed my family. He said, oh, dear king, I wish this dream was about your enemies and not about you. Like, that's like earth-shaking reality, guys. Like, this doesn't make sense to the human mind. You look around, watch the news for a couple hours in this current climate and culture. Where is honor? Is anyone looking at humans and saying they are of value? They might be doing something I disagree with. They might be saying something I disagree with. No, it's absolute. It's hurt, destroy, smear, tear down, destroy. Like, call for hits on government leaders publicly. Are you serious? Do you see Daniel doing that? Go, come in with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, pull it off to the side, be like, guys, if we sneak in in the middle of the night, we could totally slit this guy's throat in his bed because we got acts like... He was second in command of the king. He could probably could have slept on the guest bed next to the king. And at any point during the night woke up and slit his throat. But Daniel honored because God's kingdom looks different than man's reactions to problems. Do you see what this it's like? This radical way of thinking, and the kingdom of God looks like honor. Jesus talks about this over and over and over and over. I have a few verses that I want to. Anyway. Oh, I have some verses. I do. Here we go. Oh, come on. It's not that one. Oh, yeah, it says right here, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. That was hardcore in that day. That's a good one, right? Um, where's the one that I copied? <gasps> I lost one of my verses. It's okay. I'll skip it. So here's what this looks like, okay? We honor God. I mean, I think everybody kind of goes like, okay, we honor God. What does that look like, guys? That looks like putting the phone away for a while and finding time to hear from him. It looks like shutting the TV off for a while and finding time with him. It might be like, hey, just taking some quiet. It was kind of a beautiful moment after Ann prayed for everyone. Everyone just sat in this silence in the class, and it was like oh, that's so rare in our culture and in our time right now that there's just the hush. God is known as oftentimes as the still small voice. It's very hard to hear a still small voice when there's this and this and like this and this and this and like everything at, like happening. Guys, it's like honor God. You come here on a Wednesday night, like we want you to hang with your friends. We want you to connect. It's why we don't start right at 7 o'clock rigidly. It's why we say come at 4 o'clock. Come for pregame. Be here early. It's a great time to socially connect. When we come into worship, it is about God who really, if you could earn honor, has earned it but it's a reality that we want you to catch because your heart of honor will be the outpouring of all of the rest of your life. And it'll be the authority you carry in the kingdom because the more you walk in kingdom principles and kingdom ways, the more you're going to see the kingdom explode in, around you and in your life. And it's totally radical. It's just like, oh, anyway. So I talked about that. We honor God. We honor authority. Guys, This is a hard one in our culture. Really, really hard. Because, yes, I know, there's corrupt police. There's corrupt government. There's corrupt teachers. There's corrupt referees. Right? I know. Everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. What does it look like to honor on a soccer field, in a classroom, when you're totally wrongly treated? What does it look like? It looks like Jesus. And I cannot imagine the face and the experience of the soldiers that are standing at the foot of the cross cursing Jesus and to hear him say nothing but, Father, forgive them. <laughs> they don't even know what they're doing. Like even in the, in the craziest rage of your life as a soldier, you hear that and you just go like, that's not what we expected. Like that's not the response we were going for. This guy never spit back at us. He never cursed us out. He actually spoke forgiveness. Like that would have rattled my cage as a soldier standing there going, what have I done? If the earthquake at the moment that he died and the sun going dark at noon didn't freak you out enough and the zombies walking around the city, yes, this all happened at the death of Jesus and the temple curtain ripping 30 feet from top to bottom, wide open, 18-inch thick curtain. That's a heavy fabric like if all of those things happen in the very minute that Jesus drops his head and says it's done oh like come on would that not rattle your entire like i believe with all my heart that Many, 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 probably thousands of Roman soldiers and the people around and connected that were saved in the revival that came when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost because they were shaken and reeling in this like, what, it just happened, and this was not right, this is not what we would expect. There was a Jesus that honored every single person in the dis- it, despite all of the crap that came at him. And it shook an entire people group. And thousands were added to their number every day, it says in Acts. Not like three. Like, that would, be, that would be amazing. Three people came to know Jesus. And he stepped into their eternity and their destiny in one day. But thousands and thousands. You know culture was talking at the time. Like that earthquake. And then there was all those dead guys walking around the city that we knew were dead, but they weren't. Like, zombie apocalypse in the city. Like, and the earthquake. Like, this would freak you out. And it's based and it's keyed in this moment of honor when Jesus goes to the cross and said, these are the ones that I'm up here for. And he honored. So, gosh, honor others. That one's pretty easy, right? We can all love the people that love us back. Right? We're really good at that. It's like, oh, yeah, I have a real high culture of honor with all of my best friends. That's funny but pathetic. Because guess what? Satanists do the same thing. Right? Show me a people group that don't honor their own kind. That doesn't make you special. It doesn't make you full of the Spirit. It doesn't mean God is on your life. That means you're worldly. But Jesus has these really scandalous statements that he makes. He says, The world says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. (laughs) But I say, Love your enemy. And do good to those who persecute you. That's, And then he goes on to say, be holy just like me. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding, God? Like, you could have just left it at that hard standard. And, but now you say perfect? You want me to be perfect? Yes, because he put his Holy Spirit in you to empower you to do it. I'm not asking any one of you to muster up enough courage to keep your mouth shut when the ref makes a bad call. I'm saying submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and nothing but honor will come out. If you're given to God, nothing but honor will come out. It isn't about you mustering up enough and trying hard enough to keep your lips shut and not say what's in your heart. Because guess what? If it's in your heart, it's already there. That's dishonor from your heart. You don't have to speak it for it to go out in the spirit. So just holding your tongue when you're like you, I'm holy still. No, everything in your heart already said it. You just stopped it at your tongue. That's not honor. That's like self-control, which will only get you so far, and you'll be really successful at religion. I don't do bad things because I know God won't like it. What a, oh, no wonder people don't want to go to church. That doesn't bring life to anybody that lives in your entire world of like, and what happens if you actually mess up in that world? Now you're a screw-up. That does real good for your self-esteem. But what if he did it all for you already and you just have to step in? Then it looks like something. And I'm telling you, this is like you set your mind on God and go like, wow, God, this this is a blind spot for me. I'm dishonoring all the time. My parents my siblings, right? All the time. It's really easy to do because they don't earn my honor. So I ain't going to respect them. Oh, no, I'm serious. This happens all the time. They haven't earned my honor. And I get it. Parents screw up. I'm one, and I do. But I still should receive honor from my kids because the Bible has commanded that that's what it looks like. Now, look at me. Honor doesn't look like obeying. It's not the same word, except when it is, okay? Honor doesn't mean do exactly what they say and follow into this, like, rigid, like, okay? It means bring honor to your parents. It means make them look better than they actually are. That's what it means to honor someone, to make someone look better than they actually are. So that doesn't mean when your parents say do this and it's outside of what God has commanded that you just do, well, I was honoring my parents, so I had to beat that kid up. Dad told me to hit him. I'm just honoring my dad. No, you're dishonoring God by not walking in kingdom values. You can honor your parents by making right decisions on your own despite their dysfunction. And then people, your teachers will go, you know, your parents come in for parent-teacher conferences and your teachers start gloating. My goodness, your daughter, your son is just so incredible and I just get, I'm so impressed with them all the time and la, la, la. You brought honor to your parents. Did they deserve it? No, because honor is not about deserving. It's about doing. It's expected. Now look at me. Trust, I said before, is different. Trust is earned. So if your parents have hurt and abused, and this and that, there's, a, there's some reason to put healthy boundaries between that. I would never tell you, like, just honor your parents, let them keep beating you. Like, no. But you can, you can set healthy boundaries. And if that's happening in your home and you're being abused and hit miss, like that, someone needs to know about that. I mean that with all my heart. And I believe in a legal system that can walk things through and bring clarity and, and correction and healing to this stuff. But listen to me, like just because your parents are dysfunctional doesn't mean you can't bring honor to your household and make a reputation for your household that's way beyond what it deserves. That's what Daniel did for three kings over 80 years. And man, did God bless him. Gosh, I could go, I could spend three days talking about just Daniel and all the things that came from that place and that heart of honor. So I'm telling you, when your parents are being crazy and they'll have their moments Be the strength for their parents. Who was it? It was Noah, right? Had a bad day? Noah got drunk, right? Noah, you know, the one that built an ark? Yeah, God's really good at using really lame people to do amazing things. The guy that built the ark, you know, saved the world. One day got way too drunk, ended up naked, walking around. And what did his sons do? They could have been like, oh, dad, you're such an embarrassment. Why do you do this stupid stuff? No, they grabbed a blanket. They came over to him. They wrapped him up, and they hid his shame. They honored their father when he didn't deserve it, and it was counted to them as righteousness. Guys, this becomes like it's not about hiding dysfunction. I'm not saying like, oh, cover for your parents' things, but there's moments in that place where he was going to be subject to public shame, and his kids said, no, that's We're going to honor our family name and our family line. Even though he doesn't deserve it, this is what we want to protect. Because he wasn't beating on anybody. wasn't like, does that, do you see the difference? I don't want to, I don't want to send a wrong message that you cover for your parents' inappropriate sins. Okay. But this was a moment where Noah was really a weak dude. And certainly a guy with God had a call on his life. This stuff is real and it happens. And gosh, I hope every one of you recognize that you don't deserve honor. Right? I don't. If it was based on a system of deserving and earning honor, I don't. But I think every one of us enjoys and knows that it's life-giving when we're honored. Across the board, from someone of your peer, someone older, someone younger. Guys, this is like a whole different way of thinking and looking at the world. Now I see, like, yes, our culture is raging right now about things that are happening. And this has nothing to do with... A stance politically, but I want you to recognize that the enemy wants to stir up absolute dishonor in this time and in this age. And it's in your schools. It's not just with the adults. Most of you are not voting age, so you're like, I don't really know. But there is this thing happening that's just, we are angry and we're staying angry and we have no desire to change that. That is not honor. It's not honor toward a leader. It's not honor toward a system. Do you catch where I'm going with this? This comes down to a massive heart issue that just says, no, you know what? God is my God, and he's called me forth to honor. And this is the one I want to end with. We're almost done. Honor yourself. It says in the Bible, I forget the verse. I think I have it on my notes. Let me see. I closed it, of course. Um, Man, why can I not find... Here we go. 1 Corinthians six nineteen, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, the life of Jesus. Therefore, honor God with your body. And I want to just plug to this one, guys. This is so massive in our culture, this reality that our bodies are actually, truly, ab- like 100% a temple of God that the Holy Spirit has chosen to come and live in. And you are the manifestation of God in the earth. Your life, if you have given your life to the Lord and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you carry the presence and power of God. And it says right here, it's not your body. You get to make decisions with it and use it and all of this. But guess what? It was paid for, you guys. You are not your own. So it is not all about looking out for number one and this and that. It's like, no, God paid a price for your eternity. And it says, now honor God with your body. Care for the body that God gave you. Utilize it for noble purposes, noble things. Guard and protect it. We could go into all kinds of stuff, but sexuality is a major piece and part of this. The way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, the way we talk, the way we, like, interact with people the way we flirt the way we get involved in in relationships and the way we like are predatory after people like this is our culture just says like whatever like it's your body is it abuse it like literally that's a mindset in our culture that there is no value for you at all and to honor your body looks like saying no this belongs to god and ladies if some guy starts coming up and like making passes at you and hitting on you and asking for things be like excuse me this belongs to him step back he's powerful honor god with your body and say police that's like don't even come near this guys the same thing honor god with your body the way you pursue women will re- will reflect the honor in your heart toward god you're meant to pursue a wife Dudes, you are meant for it. Dudes, yeah, I want to make sure I clarify that. Okay? Dudes, you are meant to pursue a wife. Do it with great honor for your body, for her body, before the Lord. You will not regret what I'm telling you right now if you grab onto this and say, I commit. You will not come back to me in 10 years and be like, Ben, you totally ruined my whole teenage years, man. I should have messed around way more with those girls. Come back to me when you're married and pure all the way through. Come back and tell me I was wrong. Okay? I'm telling you, you will never look back and say, man, I wish I would have just given more away in high school, middle school. Wish I would have just, you know, slept around with a whole bunch of people so I could really get a good sampling. Are you kidding me? You will not, and your spouse certainly will not be like, I wish you would have slept with more people because, like, Oh, that hits deep. I know you're like, "What? No, that's ridiculous." Challenge me on this. Is your spouse really going to be like, "Man, I wish you would have got around more"? Doubt it. That would be a weird arrangement if they are. Okay, I'm telling you, run. Okay, and if you don't know that till after you're married, you should have vetted them a little bit. Okay, like. Do you hear this, guys? Like, this is your purity. You're like, oh, man, I don't have time to go there, but I'm going to. You were designed for intimacy with God. And marriage is an expression of intimacy with God. Do you get this? This is a holy thing. It is not a toy to be played with. It is not an experiment to be tested. God's given you all the keys. He's given you all the answers. It's in his word, and you don't have to go try to figure it out so you can be better when you get married. He gave you the key. Be holy as I am holy. Oh, really? If I walk into marriage and I'm pure and I'm clean, and I'm not just talking about a virgin, I'm talking about pure. Clean your heart. Walk with a clean heart when you stumble and fall and have issues or wherever you're at. And if you've gone way down this road and you're like, well, I'm damaged goods, get before God and get restored. There is so much hope. There is never a point where you're like, oh, well, I, God, God said, be holy. Well, I'm clearly not. Guess what he did on the cross. He made you holy. He made you holy. You couldn't achieve holy. No matter how hard you try, you could not achieve Holy. So his cross did it. That's what it looks like. It's a submission to the sacrifice he made, not how good you can do. And we talked about this at our, oh, man, our staff retreat this weekend. We said, you cannot add one thing to your salvation. You can't participate any more than totally going, I can't, and say, Jesus, only you. You're it. That is your only hope in this thing is to say, Jesus, only Because if you try to say, well, Jesus, I'll take you, and I'm going to make sure I do this, 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 and this to make sure that I go to heaven. He's going like, are you kidding me? The cross was not partial. He didn't, with his last breath, say, it's almost done. He doesn't need your help to make you holy. He needs your heart to be given to him. And trust him to handle the details. And he makes you pure. He makes you holy. And you can walk in holiness. And no temptation has taken you except what's normal. So you have no excuse. You're not the only one being tempted by what you're tempted by. So surround yourself with people that are, being, that are struggling with things and say, we don't have to fall to this. Stand your ground. Because there's a promise in that. He is faithful and he will always offer you a way of escape. There is no temptation that is too strong for you to handle. It's a promise, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, if you need to look it up. Guys, pure hearts, honoring hearts is a gift and a treasure to your future spouse, to the Lord, to your friends, to your family, to every single person you will ever come in contact with. If you can walk in purity and honor by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will change your world. That's what revival will look like, is like, whoa, they're so they're nuts. Those people like make hard choices that our culture is like freaked out about. Nobody's blown away by church people that do what the world does. They're disgusted by it. If you're going to do what the world does, don't do the church. Don't call yourself by the name of my Jesus if you're going to walk a different life. It's an embarrassment if you are not given and committed to say, you know what, no, I'm getting right with God and he is working in my heart and I'm not asking you to be like, I'm a squeaky clean, perfect Christian. But guess what? You are by the blood of Jesus. You are made perfect. So stop making excuses for why you're living in a sub world. Because you don't belong to this world anymore. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. You can walk in honor. You can honor the teacher that ruins your life. You can honor the parents that ruined your life. You can honor the president that's ruining your life. You can honor anybody. Like, you don't have to war against them because our battle is not against flesh and blood. You've heard me say this recently. There is no person who's the enemy. None. So you honor people and you do warfare in the spirit because nobody sitting in this room or anywhere out there is your enemy. They were made in the image of God, just like you. Stand up. Mm, Jesus. All right. Hold on. Don't leave me yet. I love you guys like crazy. I hope this doesn't feel like I'm just shouting at you. I'm loud. I know I yell a lot, but I'm not shouting. And I'm not angry. I'm super Super hopeful for what this generation carries. To hear what Ann Stock shared today, just like a whole other realm of my mind going like, what? It was a 13-year-old girl that laid hands on Ann Stock in Toronto and said, more, Lord. That was it. A 13-year-old girl. And it hit Charles, and it hit Ann, and they came back going, we don't even know what to do with this. And the first Sunday, they didn't say anything about what they did. They just went and started laying hands. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. And people start like, getting destroyed in the Holy Spirit. And they didn't even know what that was yet. And people are falling down. And people are bouncing and jumping and spinning and crazy stuff. And people are getting healed. And they're going, like, "Wow, this is insane. 13-year-old girl is the beginning of the revival of this house and life center. 30 years, guys. This is not, like, this isn't, like, ooh, that was nice. Like, literally, A 13-year-old girl said, more, Lord, nothing magic, like no profound statement, nothing crazy or wild, more, Lord. And it's, you're all walking in, what is the word, in this prophetic story that was begun in that place that this house is built on. This is not an accident, and you all are part of this move of God that wants to come and is coming and is happening recognize who you are, not because of how good you are and how hard you can work, but for what he did on the cross. And how much of your life you're willing to say anything for you, Jesus, because I can't figure it out on my own. Put your hands up for me. God, I thank you for a perfect example of honor. I thank you that your son came and did exactly what you commanded us to do. And he made access for us by your Holy Spirit to walk just like he did. So, God, we submit our hearts to you tonight, and we say, we honor you first, God. We honor your presence. We honor your word. We honor all that you have said. God, help us to honor those around us, those above us, those under us, that there would be no one we ever set our eyes on that we don't see. Honor, 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 and make them look better than they deserve. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to carry revival in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.